Hello everyone. I pray that you all are doing wonderful this day and I hope you guys are really excited because the Lord has been revealing just so much in here. I mean there has been just so much revelation and so much um, you know in this journey in the Bible. You know, we studied uh, the book of Genesis, Exodus, and I know um, you all who've been, you know, following along, and those who are coming in, that we have been learning how to read the Bible properly as the Lord instructed and also where to find him. The Lord um, said that he was the main character in every book of the Bible. So the proper way to read the Bible is to find him and then read it from that perspective, read it from that standpoint. And so I am not going to lie to you. Leviticus is very tricky. Uh, Leviticus, there's so much in the book of Leviticus, but the Lord um, showed me that in order to understand Leviticus fully, the weight of Leviticus, we're also going to go a little bit into the book of Hebrews, which is fine because I want you to understand this is the way the Holy Spirit teaches the Bible, line by line, precept by precept. So he'll take you from one chapter to another chapter to explain the other chapter. Amen. So this is how you know that the Holy Spirit is directly leading this. So I'm going to pray. God has something really amazing for you all today. I hope you are excited. I hope you are anticipating because I'm telling you, this is going to be just revelation. This is going to be things that I promise will absolutely bless and change your life. Let's pray right now. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I pray that you will just have your way in this Bible study. I pray that you will allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray right now, Lord, that you will touch your people right now. And I pray that you will prepare their hearts and minds to believe and receive the word that you have for them today. Let my words be fire and your people would and let them be consumed by it. And right now, Lord, I just say right now, I um, submit my body to you. I I submit it completely to your Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. And Lord, I say right now in the name of Jesus that I decree and declare that the kingdom is here during this Bible study. It's in Jesus' name I do pray while the present covered of the Holy Spirit and my prayer partners in agreement said with me. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so Leviticus. All right, so what is so special about Leviticus? Now, Genesis, we have the beginning of the world. We have the beginning of where you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all throughout the book of Genesis. You see in the book of Exodus, the story of Moses is not so much the story of Moses. It, it, it's showing 
what the Christ is going to be, what the Christ is going to look like, things of the Christ, the tabernacle. If you were here last time, wasn't that amazing Um, when we saw that the tabernacle, the design of the tabernacle was of the cross? Who here was here for that? Wasn't that amazing that we saw that even God's design for the tabernacle, the fellowship with his people, that that was going to be used it, the, the the design was of a cross. So, so again, we see the cross even before Jesus is put on the cross. So you see, this is God's entire plan and entire design. So what is so special about the book of Leviticus? Well, first, you have to understand what the book of Leviticus is really all about. The book of Leviticus, yes, there's... Um, a lot of rules and mandates, but you have to understand that the book of Leviticus was written to explain the Levites, to explain the priesthood, the high priests, the sacrifices, the offerings, and, and why God specifically said why he wanted certain things, why he wanted to do certain things. So, but, but this is the key that's very important. Why Leviticus? Well, if you know the 12 tribes of Israel, we, all, we should know that the tribe of Levi, like that's what the book of Leviticus is named after, the, uh, the tribe of Levi. But what is so special about the Levites? Well, let me tell you something. Did you know that Moses was a Levite? Did you know Aaron was a Levite? Did you know that his family comes from the tribe of Levi. Did you know that the Levites, if you, if you go back in Exodus and if you continue to read, the Levites were the only tribe of Israel. When Moses comes down with the 10 commandments and he sees all the debauchery and he sees all the people, you know, getting, you know, as loose as a goose and getting crazy. And he said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come over here. Every member of the tribe of Levi went on the side of God or on the side of Moses. Now that is very special. Okay. Now I know some of us, when we read it, we think, okay, he chose the Levi's and then he put in the book of Leviticus. Well, hold on. If you know the scripture, the scripture saying, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God already chose the tribe of Levi. Let me show you how God works. I'm going to show you something of God. Oh, I hope you're ready for this. See, God is, if you know his name, not just Jehovah, but his name is Yahweh. That's another name that he's mentioned. Um, especially in the book of Exodus. I didn't touch on that because it's not about the father. It's about the son. The son will later point to the father. Amen. I have to follow the mandate, but I hope you're with me. So the name Yahweh, if you pay attention, especially in the Hebrew, the, 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 the letters that are used to explain Yahweh is prophetic in nature. What Yahweh means is that the God that always was. So what that means, he's the God in the past, present, and future. So what God does is because he's in the past, present, and future, 
all at the same time, what he did was he looked at the end, saw the faithfulness of the Levites, went back and chose somebody from the tribe of Levi because he knew later that they will be the ones who will be the most faithful to him. Oh, glory to God. So it is not you who has chosen God. It was him who chose you. He's the one who saw you from the end, went back to the beginning to bring you into the present. Oh, glory to God. I hope you are learning something just from that revelation, because that's the way God has always been. Because again, the book of Leviticus was written before the foundation of the whole earth. And so God already had these mandates, these plans and things like that. So that's what he had to do. He had to go back in the past, pick Moses because he was of the tribe of Levi and then raise him up during that time. So that in the future, when we read the book of Leviticus, it would be in the present for the people to bless us. Are you hearing this here? So you have to understand that the tribe of Levi's were very special to God. This is where the priesthood came from. If you did not come from the tribe of Levi, God was not going to have you as a priest. He was not going to have you as his servant or his representatives. In fact, um, a little fun fact. Did you know that the new era Levites, the band, the praise band of um, ABC of Faith or Agios, did you know that the reason why we came up with that name was because we were inspired by the Levites? Because the Levites were a family, they were a tribe, but they were a family, and they did everything in the church. They were the ushers, they were the preachers, they were the musicians. Oh, who is hearing this here? So because th that's why you'll see so many different praise bands, they'll be named after the Levites, or they'll be called the tribe of Levi. So that's just a little history for you to understand this. But I need you to go to Hebrews chapter 9 because I'm not going to go all through Leviticus with you because Leviticus is just, there's just so much. God was more giving instruction, but I want you to understand something. Okay, because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, where are you in the book of Leviticus? I said, are you being represented by Moses? Are you being represented by the animals? Are you being represented in the tabernacle? I said, Lord, you must teach me this. He said, Simba, tell your people this. He said, Simba, yes, I am the sacrificial lamb that is being described here. Yes, that is a representation of me. The shoe bread that is in the holy place. That is a representative of me because, yes, it is my flesh. Yes, the water represents what I said I would give. Come on, somebody who is hearing this here. That I will wash you and I will purge you and I will make you clean. Yes, that is that is also a representative of me. In fact, some of you didn't even know this. Did you know? Okay, what was outside? Um, it, if you continue to read in the book of Leviticus, it, it, if you read before the high priest entered into the holy place, the priest had to do what? The priest had to kill the kill whatever animal it was, whether, whether it was a lamb, whether it was an oxen, they had to kill it 
and then spread its blood on the altar as a sacrifice to God. But then they also had to do what? They had to be washed in water. They had to be washed. um, They had to have a certain brazen, um, which was used to wash them to, to make them clean. Why is that so important? Well, that is a representative of the Christ because what came out of the Lord's side when the spear poked him when he was on the cross dying for our sins and he died and he gave up the ghost and to see if he was dead, they took a spear and pierced his side. Water and blood poured out of him. Oh, I hope you are keeping up because the spirit is moving and he is moving fast. So you need to understand that the entire word of God, everything that happened to Jesus, if you read it later in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, all the way into John with the crucifixion, you will find it all the way in the Old Testament to establish the new covenant God has made with his people. He said, in order for me to get rid of the old, I need somebody to create the new. So who is Jesus in the book of Leviticus? He is the high priest that is being represented in the book of Leviticus. He is Aaron. You will see the symbolization of the Christ now in Aaron. No longer is it in Moses. It's now in Aaron. I said, Lord, I said, hold on. I was so confused because I was like, God, in Exodus, you were being represented by, um, you were being represented by Moses. But here, you're telling me in the book of Leviticus, you're being represented by his brother Aaron? He said, yes. He said in the book of Leviticus, I, as the main character of the Bible, am being represented by the high priest which is Aaron. I said, Lord, I said, please explain this. He said, Simba, tell my people this. Tell them when they read the book of Leviticus. There are a few things that have to keep in mind. Write this down because I want you to understand this. Because the Lord started to show me, you want to know why they had to go through all that hassle? For the, you know, if you read, there's different offerings. There's burnt offerings, there's sin offerings, there's peace offerings, there's there's different offerings. And by the way, tithes and offerings, those are two very different things, okay? But, I, and, and, and I'll go into that later, but glory that God, I can feel the presence of God. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord started to teach me. He said, Simba, tell my people that the reason why I had them go through so much stuff in the book of Leviticus, why it was particular, because it wasn't just enough to kill uh, an animal and have its blood. You had to put its blood in a certain place. You had to put the carcass in a certain order. He he said, tell the people that the reason why I had them do that was because I wanted them to know how disgusting sin was to me. I wanted them to know that this is how difficult it is to get sin out of your life. Oh, glory to God. I hope you are receiving this. He said when the priest had to touch those animals and had to take out the gut 
and I to rip. I said that's and the disgust. I know some of you. I I don't want to get too graphic with you, but I know some of you who's disgusted by the mere thought of having to take an animal and ripping out its gut. And you know, can you imagine the smell of the animal? Can you imagine? The blood, this is before hepatitis. Come on, somebody. This was before we had all these blood diseases, before we learned all these blood diseases. Come on now, who's with me? And, and you know, you got flies, you got the hot sun. Oh, don't even get me started. Come on now. We know when you go into a butcher shop, we know it's a shame what they do with those animals, but at least there's refrigeration. You know there's something preserved, but come on now. They're in the desert sun and, and, and it's murky and, it's, and, and, and they're in the desert. Come on now. The reason why is because God was saying, this is how disgusting sin is to me. This is how hard it is to get it out of your life. That is why there is so much weight when you understand Jesus as the high priest, that we no longer have to do that. Because the thing was, this was a daily thing. They had to do this daily. Kill the animal, especially for sins. Because let me tell you something. You Come on now, who, he, who here knows what I'm talking about? We are sinful creatures. We are sinful by nature. That is not, you know, it may not have been totally our fault. It, 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 it was the first man's fault. Uh, it was the first Adam's fault. We all know this, okay? That's why we all have, we've all seen that meme of, of that look we gonna give to Adam and Eve when we get to heaven. Who here knows what I'm talking about? When we get to heaven, we all gonna look at Adam and Eve like, do you have any idea what I have to get through in order to get here? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm being a little humorous, but I want you to understand this. Because God is trying to show and, and th this is another revelation. Jesus started to show me. He said, Simba, listen to me. He said, tell my people this. He said, tell them that actually also in the book of Leviticus, it is also showing how I will work on the earth. I said, Lord, you must explain this. He said, okay. He said, if you read in the book of Leviticus, do you see how... Jehovah would speak to would speak to Moses and then Moses would speak to Aaron and I said yes he said well Simba if I'm the representative of the high priest then who is Moses representing who who is he representing I said is he God he said no he said my father, Jehovah, is God. So who is Moses representing? And he revealed it to me. He said, Moses is representing the Holy Spirit. I said, what? I said, no, no, no. I said, Lord, no. I said, no. I said, Lord, you about to get me stoned and thrown out of every congregation. I said, Lord, reveal this to me. He said, Simba, look at this. He said, Jehovah spoke to Moses. Moses then spoke to Aaron. He said, Simba, when I was on the earth, I was not divine when I was on the earth. 
I was the son of man when I came to earth. I was 100% human, but I was fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. So everything that I did that my father commanded me to do, father would tell the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit would tell me. So here again in the book of Leviticus, you see all three of the Godhead in function and in operation. That's why the that's why Jesus said that him and the Father are one. When you see the Father, you've seen him. Because where he goes, the Father is not too far behind. The Father is always present in his creation and in his plan. So all this talk of God being this far away entity that is far away, not involved in this creation. You tell them that is a lie from the pits of hell. God has been active in every book of the Bible because his son is in every book of the Bible. And where the son is, the father is not too far behind. He is active in his creation. He is active in the plans that he has for you. He is active in the plans of his people. He is active in his promise. That is why he is the promise keeper. There will never be another like Jehovah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise in here. Because you must understand this. This is very important. Okay? We are about to go. Are you there in the book of Hebrews? I know I said we're, we're moving on into the book of Hebrews. But tell me, they, is everyone there? Because, oh Lord, the Lord has something special for you. And I need you to go to Hebrews. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 9. Okay? I need you to go to Hebrews chapter 9, okay? Because this basically, Hebrews chapter 9, and I'm reading from the King James Version, it basically explains the book of Leviticus. It explains the ceremony, the, the, the offerings, it explains all this. But it also explains why Jesus is so crucial and so important. Are you hearing this here? Also, thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you see how in the book of Leviticus, Moses takes a lesser role? It's more emphasized of Aaron and the offerings. He said, that's, that's how you know a little bit. Because the Holy Spirit will not magnify or glorify himself. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will not say anything of himself. He will only magnify. He will only say the things that he hears the Lord say. He will only magnify and glorify Jesus. So what is Moses doing? Moses had to do certain preparations in order to prepare and get Aaron ready to be the high priest. Oh, come on, somebody. See, I, I know I'm dropping revelation. I hope you are keeping up. I hope you are catching it. Oh, Lord, because there's so much. But Hebrews chapter 9, are you there? And it reads, Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made the first, 
wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoebed, which is called the sanctuary, which you guys remember the holy place, which when you went into, before you went into the Holy of Holies, there was a shoebed on the right, which is what a representative of Christ, his body. And then on the left, you see the candlesticks, which represents what? The Holy Spirit. Okay. So in the holy place, which is again, the second realm of prayer in the seeking realm, it, it's it's all Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so just a quick review. Let's move on. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which is the Holy of Holies, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded in the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which was cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. Now, read into this. But into the second went the high priest. So only the high priest could get into the holy place and then get into the holy of holies. Oh, come on. Who is hearing this? So, so now you have to understand what Jesus did. It's right here. The high priest alone once every year, not without blood. So he needed blood in order to get into the holy, the holy of holies, which is where the glory of God dwell. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I hope you are getting this. Which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So the high priest would take this blood and go into the holy of holies. And place it on the mercy seat. To atone for the sins of not only himself, but the entire tribe of Israel. But this was the problem. And you will read later on in the book of Hebrews. The problem was it got rid of their sins for the year. But then they had to go right back to work because they were still sinful creatures. So the high priest could rest. It wasn't like after he did that, he could rest. Now he had to go back to work and do it all over again. Oh, I hope you are hearing this. This was 24-7. They had to do this. And only once a year could they get into the Holy of Holies, which was the fellowship with the Father. Oh, who is learning something? So now, let's go into this. Oh, I hope you're ready for this. Not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time, then present, which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Oh, What is he saying? He's saying the issue of sin, the real issue 
was not them doing the sacrifices, was not them doing it in the right order. That wasn't the issue. The issue was that the people, even after they repented, they still had the mindset of sin. They had 613 rules they had to follow. And if they just broke one, they broke all of them. Let me tell you something. I dare you. Try to six try think of 600 rules that you can follow without breaking not one. I I dare you find anywhere 600 rules. 600. Not not 6, not 60. 600 rules that you have to follow. And if you broke one, even the littlest one, even the one that carries not even as much weight as the others, you broke all of them. And you need to understand the wages of sin is death. The real reason why God had to keep himself separate from his people because he was holy, but it was because of his glory. You need to understand for people who, this is for the religious people who say, Simba, you've been preaching a lot about seeing God's face and seeing God's glory, but doesn't the Bible say doesn't God say that no man can see myself, can see my face and live? I said, yes, flesh creature. He did say that. But he said that because the issue was that we still had sin in our lives. And the issue was because he was glory and there was no repentance. There was no payment for sin that as soon as he came in contact with our sin, we would die instantly because the wages of sin is death and anything that encounters the glory reaches maturity. So God was hiding his face, was hiding himself to protect the Israelites, to protect his people. He didn't do it to be snobby as some of you religious folk like to do. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. Come on now. Come on now. Who here is hearing this? He didn't do it to be snobby. He didn't do it to, 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 to be like, well, I'm so holy and righteous. You can't even get to me. No. He was saying, I love you so much. You don't understand. If you come in contact with me and you have sin in your life, I, my glory, as soon as it comes in contact with your sin, the instant result would be death because the wages of sin is death. Everything that comes in contact with the glory reaches maturity. That's why Jesus didn't operate in no anointing. He didn't operate in just signs and wonders. Who is hearing this here? He operated in the glory. 
He had to be mature in order to operate in the glory of God. So in order to operate in the glory, you need to be mature. But oh, glory to God. Here is the revelation. Are you ready? The key. And I beg you, if you can, please be mute. And even if you're coming in, please be mute. Listen, follow me here because you're going to miss it. Verse 11, but Christ become an high priest. <laughs> but Christ become an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place. And it ain't talking about the synagogue. It's talking about into the presence of almighty God the Father. Into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption. Oh, glory to God for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? <laughs> who sees that? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament that which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. God is the eternal inheritance. And so Jesus by his own blood as the lamb of God, as the high priest went into God's presence. For you and me. He died for all of our sins. Not just to free us. From sin. But to free us from the consciousness of sin. The Bible says. That when Jesus died on the cross. And he said father into thy hands. I commit my spirit. It said in the veil was torn in the tabernacle from the top to the bottom, which means God was now saying, I am now no longer hindered in one place. I can now fellowship with my people once again because all of your sins have been atoned for. The price has been paid. You no longer have to do this continually. All you have to do is believe in my son, Jesus Christ. And come to him as your high priest. And say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. 
Forgive me of my unrighteousness. Wash me and cleanse me in your blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And make me like you. Show me the Father. And Jesus, because he is the high priest, would take that beautiful prayer of yours and say, Father, I have paid the price for them. I have paid the price for them. Answer their prayer. And then the Father will say, this I will do. Oh, glory to God. You need to understand that. Oh, who here is receiving this? Who is receiving something? Oh, glory to God. I hope you are receiving this. Because the beauty is that Jesus didn't just forgive my sins. He purged my conscience from sin. So now, as long as I am with him, and I continue to fellowship with him, and I grow my relationship with him, I won't even think of doing anything that would break the will of God or that would hurt him. That's the beauty of the new covenant. This is why this is not a religion. Religion will not do you anything. That's what he's talking about, the dead works. Religion is dead works. He said that's over and done with. Instead of following 613 rules, you now only have to follow one. Believe and receive my son as your Lord and Savior. Receive him as your high priest. And I will listen. Glory to God. That's why when you pray, you say what? In Jesus' name. Jesus said what? If you use my name, isn't that so precious? He gave us his name. Don't you know what that name does? When I say that name, Jesus. The whole app. Atmosphere of the room changes. When I say Jesus, I don't care how powerful of a witch or warlock you are. If I just say Jesus, every demon that is inside starts shaking in fear. Just by the name of Jesus. And it says, and his name shall be Jesus, for he shall what? Save his people. Every time you use that name, it should be used to save somebody. It should be used to save. Oh, who is hearing this? So if I pray for you and I say, in the name of Jesus. I am calling on the name of the Savior to save you from whatever 
is holding you bondage. From whatever is holding you captive. Because he's already paid the price for it. You cannot earn your salvation. It is a faith that it might be by grace that the promise is sure to all the seed. Who here is receiving something here? Who here is receiving something? Who here wants some more? Who here is done? Who here wants some more? Oh, come on. You're not convincing me. Who here wants some more? Come on now. The Lord needs something. I need something. Who here wants some more? Who wants some more revelation? Who wants more of this word of God? Who wants more? Come on now, some of y'all, y'all too quiet on me. I need to hear the cry of the champions. I need to hear the cry of victory. I need to hear some hallelujahs in this place. Come on now, the presence of God is here. Come on now, somebody give God a shout of praise on him. Yes, yes. Praise God, praise God, yes, oh yes. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. If you are thankful for the promise... Of the high priest. If you are thankful. For Jesus dying. And paying the ultimate price for you. Who said even though there is a possibility. That you will not follow me. There is a possibility that you will not even know my name. That you will not serve me. I still love you enough. To die for you. Just for you to have the chance to know me. Who here is thankful that they know the Lord Jesus? Who here is thankful that they can know the Lord Jesus? That they can know the Father? Who here is thankful for that sacrifice? Come on somebody. Y'all got me fired up. Y'all got me fired up. If you read in Leviticus chapter 9. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I receive that. The Holy Spirit is also the sovereign fire that is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 24. In Leviticus 24, yes, he is the lampstand, but he's also the precious oil. Why am I mentioning these? Because this is what you believers have to understand. Jesus loves you so much. That when he gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you a fire. The sovereign fire. This fire you cannot push. You cannot force it. It's given. It's a gift. Who here has the fire of the Holy Spirit burning inside of them? You have to nurture that fire. The same way that you would take care of a fire if it was burning. And you had to keep it burning. And you had to keep it lit. And you had to keep it going. That same fire in you. You have to keep burning. How do I do that preacher? By fellowshipping with him every day. Just a little bit of your time. Just to be in worship. God isn't expecting you 
to light the fire. He's already lit the fire. He wants you to understand that the sovereign fire, because the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He is God. That fire that is in you, that will be with you forever. You have to keep it burning forever. If you don't feel a burning inside of you, then you need to ask God for that fire. It's not something that you earn. It's something that you ask for. It's something that you say, Father, give me your fire. Consume my heart with your fire. For your fire, Lord. Your fire. Is what purges me. Your fire Lord. Is where the healing comes from. That's why some of you. When I lay hands on you. And I pray for you. And you feel that heat that comes out. That's that fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire from the altar of God. Oh I feel Jesus is already healing some people right now. I don't know who that is. But somebody's being healed right now. Thank you. There's fire being loosed on somebody right now. There's fire being loosed on the people right now. If you are if you are there, go to the comments section and I want like the comments, the chat, and I need you to tell people what what's happening to you cuz there is fire that is being released right now. But then the Lord also wanted me to tell y'all something very important. He said, Simba, tell my people that when they give offering, not when they give tithes, but when they give offerings, go to Luke chapter 6 real quick. And again, if you're there, say what's happening. Say what you're feeling. Say say what's happening. That's a testimony right now. Because I know the Lord is doing something. I can I can literally see the fires. I can literally see the Lord just spreading like wildfire. He is a consuming fire. Amen. Glory to God. Now listen to me. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. And this is not a coincidence. Because now we are approaching the season. Where the Lord... Um, is about to release, if some of you remember, if you remember, I said that the Lord was going to have me preach on the secrets of tithes and offering. He said, after you finish a certain part of the Bible study, I want you to release secrets of tithes and offering, the difference between tithes and offering. And isn't it funny? My sister reached out to me a couple of days ago and said, in September, I need to know your schedule because I want to start the releasing on talking about finances and talking about, you know, offerings and tithes and things like that. See, do you see how God is working in this ministry? Do you see what God is doing? We don't collaborate on all these things. They don't always know what I'm doing. They don't always know what Jesus has already spoken to me. They don't know that. But yet the timing is so perfect. 
And do you also know what September is? September is Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Do you know what that is? It's the Jewish New Year. It is the year where God says to the Israelites, everything that you have lost, everything that has been taken from the drought and from the enemy, I'm going to give it all back and more. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. You cannot make up these divine times. This is what happens when you are in close link with the kingdom of God. You stay in step with what Jesus wants to do. Glory, hallelujah. Who is receiving this? Look at this. 638. This is the word of Jesus. This is not the word of some prophet or some preacher. Look at this. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into, their, into your bosom, for which the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Listen, why did Jesus say that? Give, and it shall be given. See, at first I thought Jesus was saying that because he's the king. He said, no. He said, I said that because I am the high priest. I said, what? He said, Simba, when people come and they give an offering to the kingdom of God and they say, I give this in the name of Jesus, whether it's money. See, this is where a lot of people in the church get this wrong. Let me tell you something. An offering is not just money. An offering can be your time. An offering can be something of value that you possess, that you know that the kingdom of God needs or a church needs. Come on, somebody. And by the way, I'm also going to say this because the Lord told me this. He said, tell my people to stop giving my kingdom their junk. Because I don't count that as an offering. Because when you give when you give something that you don't want anymore, how is that an offering? It's a it's junk. If if you give something that you don't want anymore, it's not an offering. But when you give something that is out of your heart, let me tell you something. If the church needs a brand new computer, let me tell you how the kingdom works. I'm going to tell you what, what Jesus is. I'm going to tell you how Jesus is like. Jesus is like this. Jesus started to teach me this. He said the way it actually works, if the kingdom of God or a church needs a brand new computer, and you say, well, I have an old one. Jesus would say, no, give the brand new one that you just bought. Give it to my kingdom and I will bless you tremendously for what you have given. Because you gave me your very best. And because you have given to me, I will give it back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. For I am the high priest. It's my job to do this. When you give an offering that is from your heart, when you give something that is a sacrifice and you say, Lord, I give this to you in your name for your kingdom purpose, then he as the high priest. Oh, this is why you have to read the book of Leviticus. He takes the offering and he 
presents it before the Father. He takes your heart. That's why he says, and the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Which means if God has to pull your teeth, even if you give it to him, he doesn't count it or accept it because you didn't give it with a joyful heart. He said, give thanks with a what? Joyful heart. He said, I love a what? Cheerful giver. Why? Because he is a cheerful giver. You want God to give to you and and you want him to be happy to give you all the good stuff. But how about when when he says, give something to me? Yes. Will you be a cheerful giver? Hallelujah. He said, I want you to give them this because they need to understand. Some of them don't understand That it's not about what you give, but the heart of what you gave it. I don't care if you say, Lord, I only got $5 or Lord, I only got 30 cents in my bank account. And the Lord says, give that to my kingdom. I'll give it all back to you. But Lord, what about this? Uh, 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 What is my name? Jehovah Jireh. I am the provider. If you read in Psalm 105, those Israelites didn't have to worry about a thing. They didn't have no debt. They didn't have to worry about their clothes wearing out on them. They didn't have to worry about what they were going to eat. Come on now, who is talking to me? They didn't have to worry about the famine. They didn't have to worry about no storm. Why? Because Jehovah Jireh. Was with them. The Lord was with them. And provided all their needs. When Jesus. When he first meets the disciples. And he performs the miracle. Of the fish. Who here knows what I'm talking about. When Peter and his brother. And James and John. They've been out all night fishing. And fishing and fishing and fishing. They ain't catch a thing. Jesus says what? Cast your nets again to the side. You know we used to look at that miracle. And say wow isn't that amazing? He gave them all that fish. No. It was abundance. That was their job. They needed money. Oh y'all missed that. Fishermen was their profession. If y'all not listening to me, I'm going to have to start preaching to the rocks outside. Come on now. You need to hear this. Word to God. Oh, yes. It was abundance because they needed money. The fish was to sell. When Jesus tells Peter... Go get that fish and the first coins out of its mouth. Pay your tax and my tax. He catches the first fish. Open its mouth. Two coins are right there. And he pays for Jesus and himself. Their taxes were paid for. Who here is hearing this? Oh, Jesus ain't enough enough for you? Okay. Well, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. Elijah, 
Elisha, who is hearing this here? And they said, if you give to me, I will bless you. They give. Then he tells them what? Get all the oil jars that you can and pour the oil. And they pour the oil and the oil just kept coming. The bottle was only this big. Who is hearing this here? How is it happening? It's supernatural. Hallelujah. As he's pouring, the Bible says it didn't say it kept refilling. Oh, who's hearing this? Who is hearing this? The Bible didn't say it kept refilling. It said as they poured, as new jars kept coming and they poured, the oil kept coming. And then when the new jar came and they poured the oil, it kept coming. I'm going to tell you something. Debt is not of the kingdom of God. Debt is not of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, for my Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in what? Want. I shall not be in need. I shall not be in desire. Who here needs some bills paid for right now? The Lord gave me this revelation. He wants me to share this with you. This is a prophetic word. If you listen to it, I promise you, you will be blessed tremendously. Because I have revelation That supports all that I'm saying to you right now. The Lord said, tell my people this. And those who want to be skeptics and who who don't want to listen to me, let me tell you something. I spent 12 hours in a church and my people can testify that. I spent 12 hours in fellowship with the Lord to get this revelation for you. You have to pay the price in order to get certain things. I hope you understand this. This ain't for me. The Lord told me, said, this is for the people. You tell them this. He says, Simba, tell them that if they give to the kingdom of God, if they give $50, I will supernaturally cancel a debt of theirs. He said, I will, I will personally cancel a debt. If they give $50 to the kingdom as you speak to them, I as the high priest. And what he said was, he said, tell them they are giving this as a high priest. It's an offering. They say, Lord, I give this in the name of Jesus. And they said on the seed, he said, right. Because whether you give on the cash app, whether you give on um easy ties it says um you know the note or whatever what is the seed for he said put in it debt cancellation and he said give 50 and i said lord i said what what is the significance of this he said somebody tell my people this because some of them, they're, they're going to be a little hesitant. But if they believed and listened to the words that you have spoken thus far, what makes it different now? He says, Simba, tell them that that $50. Do you even know what 50 is symbolic and prophetic? Y'all need to hear this. 50 represents Pentecost. It represents the Holy Spirit. It represents Jubilee. Liberty and freedom. 
That's why the Lord said 50. If they give $50 to my kingdom, I will personally. This is what he said. He said, I will cancel a debt that they are in supernaturally. They're not going to know how. It's not about how it's going to happen. Who here is receiving this? So it's so again. And he said what they what they should do. It's a it's an act of faith. They said, Lord, I give this to you in Jesus name. And I offer it as a high priest. As as you are the high priest, I offer it to you. Then what the Lord does, the Lord takes that. And I hope you are hearing this. The Lord takes that. He takes that offering. He takes that gift that you give. Yes, he puts it into the kingdom use. And yes, we do do it. We do do the work of the kingdom here. I want you to understand that. But what he does is that he says, because they have given to me faithfully. Isn't that what it says right here? I'm going to cancel a debt. I had a vision of this. He said, I will cancel a debt that they are in. $50. That's all it takes. Let me tell you something. $50 to cancel a whole debt that you're in. What you got to lose? What you got to lose? I'm telling you, you need to believe this. Because I want people to receive this. This is not prosperity gospel. This is kingdom gospel. You need to understand this is the works of the kingdom. Jesus even talked about this. And I pray right now, if you are giving it faithfully, like I want you to go to the chat session and say, I'm going to give. I want you because I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray over the seed. That's why I'm telling you to do this. I'm telling you to do it on Cash App. I'm telling you to do it on um, Easy Tide. You know, I'm telling you to do it because I want to pray for this. I'm telling you, you, you don't understand the glory that the Lord has for this. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. You need to move quickly because time is almost up. I am about to pray. I'm about to lose something. I'm telling you, if you do not want to miss this, because we're going to hear some testimonies about supernatural debt cancellation. Who here is hearing me here? Who here is hearing me here? Come on now. Don't be, don't be afraid. It's a step of faith. It's something that you have to give. You say, Lord, I offer this in the name of Jesus. Come on now. 50. Somebody, I see that. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Yes. I'm telling you, the debt cancellation is going to be made. 50. That's what it takes. 50, and I'm telling you that debt is going to be canceled and you will know that the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. Come on now. All right, I'm about to wrap this up. You can continue to give later if you cannot reach the chat, but I'm going to pray for those right now. I'm going to pray for the people right now who are about to give. I don't care. It, I, 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 don't, I don't care about it. I'm telling you, the Lord wants you. I'm telling you, when you learn to give, he gives back. That's the part of the kingdom you didn't learn. That's the part of the kingdom that the church never taught us. Because we were taught if we gave tithes and offerings, they will put in a new TV in the sanctuary. They will put in new chairs. Let me tell you something. I don't care if I'm standing up. 
I'll sit on the floor. You need to preach the word of God in the kingdom of God. Not try to doll up the sanctuary. Let me take you to Africa. They don't care. They got they give them a space. Who's hearing me here? Give them a space in a pulpit and they'll have church. Yes. Talking about we need an offering because we need we we need a new van for the church. Believe in the kingdom. Somebody will give you a brand new van. If you teach the kingdom instead of trying to hustle people for money. And yes, I said it. Hustle people for money. You don't know the ways of the kingdom and God is going to get you for it. And I'm speaking to, and I know it's being recorded, but I'm speaking to all the fake gospel preachers. The ones who want to get a Rolex and a Bentley and all that other nonsense. And you got work that needs to be done in the kingdom. Ain't even give to the poor. Poor person, step right in front of you. You act like you ain't got nothing. But you got a Rolex, a Bentley, and you got the brand new iPhone in your pocket. Let me let that go. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, this is the way Jesus goes sometimes. But I'm about to pray for, for, for those seeds. I'm about to pray for those. We are going to hear testimonies. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to pray I'm about to loose the kingdom right now. I'm about to loose the glory of multiplication and the resurrection. Come on now. Lift your hands to the Lord. Don't stretch your hands toward me, but lift your hands to the Lord right now. If you want to receive everything that he has for you today. Oh, glory to God. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you now and I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah. 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 Right now, Lord, I step into my office of king and priest. And right now, Lord, I thank you for all those who are here. I thank you for all those who are listening. I thank you for all those who gave in faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for all those who surrendered. I thank you, Lord, for all those who believed and took a leap of faith right now in giving those $50. Right now, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, I loose right now the kingdom of God right now into their lives. I loose the kingdom of God into their finances. I pray right now from the glory, Lord, of multiplication to touch their finances like Elijah. I pray for the act of multiplication, Lord. Lord, I see right now abundance is being loosed right now. They will not just receive what they need, but they will receive more than enough. And it's going to keep going and going and going and going and going. Lord, I pray right now that they will receive this. Lord, according to your riches and glory, I pray right now that you will loose Right now, the kingdom that you will loose right now, the glory. Right now, I come against debt in all manners, in all fashion. I come against doubt. I come against right now those of the skeptics. I pray right now, Lord, that you will touch their hearts. 
that you will reveal, Lord, that you will show them that this is supernatural. This is the way of the kingdom. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, the resurrection glory will be loosed right now on your people. I pray right now everything that the devil has stolen from them, it will be returned back seven times. For it is the year of Jubilee. It is the year of Yom Kippur. It is the year of Rosh Hashanah. It is the time of the Lord God Almighty. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right now, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who do not know you as the high priest. Who do not know the fire of your Holy Spirit. I pray right now that the fire of the Holy Spirit. That fire from the altar of God. Be loosed on them right now. And consume them from the crown of their heads. To the soles of their feet. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs a miracle right now. Somebody needs not just a financial miracle. That's being loosed right now. I'm telling you if you give the 50 Dollars. It, it, it's not just financial miracles. That's what you need to understand. There's more to this. Hold on. There's somebody who needs a healing right now. I say right now in the name of Jesus, I command all pain to go right now. Oh, I can feel the fire of the Lord coming as I speak. I come against right now all pain in any form, like or fashion. I don't care if it's even a stubbed toe. I don't care if it's a jammed finger. It is being healed right now. In Jesus' name, it is being completely healed and restored. All pain goes now in the name of Jesus. I lose healing in the lungs right now. I don't know who I'm talking to. I lose healing in the lungs. I lose healing. Somebody has a headache right now. I lose healing on the headaches. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. The Lord is healing you right now. I lose right now somebody... Um, I, I, like there's like there's just been just pain. I I'm seeing all that pain is going right now in Jesus' name. All of it is leaving now in Jesus' name. I see supernatural things. Miracles are being loosed right now. I loose right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, I bind and rebuke the lies of the enemy. I bind and rebuke the plans of the enemy. I bind and rebuke the things of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. I loose right now the love of God. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Somebody is in a storm right now. Somebody has been dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression right now in the name of Jesus. You're about to be free from that right now in Jesus' name. You've been doubting the Lord. You've been struggling with some things with the Lord. The Lord is saying, I am healing you of it right now. As you feel my love, as you feel my embrace, I am healing you of that right now. You are being set free for who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to receive this. Or if you know somebody who needs to receive this, you need to receive this. I'm talking to somebody here. I see somebody right now, the, the like, You've just been in, in, in just a, a, a place of despair. You've been weeping. You've been crying out to the Lord. You've been wondering, Lord, are you hearing me? The Lord is saying, I am hearing you and I have heard you. He said, but I want you to hear me now. I want you to be still and know that I am God. He said, I did not send you this far just to fail. I did not bring you here to let you fall now. He said, I have plans and a purpose for you. But what you need to do is just trust me. 
For if you trust me, I will never let you down. You need to know me as your savior. You need to know me as the Lord. I am not just your moral compass. Oh, who is receiving this? I am not just your moral compass. I am not just somebody your mom taught you, your grandma taught you, your granddaddy, whoever taught you. I'm not just that. I am the Lord. I am real. I am alive. I will heal. I will restore. I will preserve In the name of Jesus, receive that now. Right now, I just feel all this is being done right now. All this is going from you right now. Some of you, you can actually feel the debt cancellation. Some of you, God is even showing you what debt is going to be canceled. He is showing you what debt, and you've even said, you even said it with your mouth. You said, Lord, that's impossible for that debt to be canceled. They even said it was impossible. I, they said it would take years for this debt to be canceled. God is saying right now, what is impossible with man is possible with God today. The kingdom is here. And the abundance of the kingdom is being loosed. Just receive that. Lord, I thank you for all these wonderful people. I thank you for all the miracles. I thank you for all the things that is being loosed. I thank you for all the things that is happening. If you're crying or tearing up, that's the presence of God. That's his love. Receive that. Don't be ashamed of it. Receive it. And I pray right now that, Lord, that as we leave this place, Lord, that your spirit will continue to reign with us, that it will continue to speak to us. Lord, right now, we accept you as the high priest. We yield to you. We thank you for your offering. We thank you, Lord. Lord, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all you're continuing to do. But most importantly, Lord, we thank you for who you are. And so right now, I count it all done and I seal it now in the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Lord, I love you. We love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. I do pray while in the presence of the comfort of the Holy Spirit, for thine is the kingdom, power and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me because they believe, said, amen, amen, and amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed.